This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. Live from the underground lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Welcome back in to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920, hour number two of the show. Coming up at 3.30, Navy wide receiver Michael Cooper talking about the big victory that Navy had over Army on Saturday and the 122nd game played between Army and Navy, which is amazing, awesome. The pageantry is just next level. It doesn't get any better than that. I was so locked in watching that. I was actually, I went and got my car, the oil changed on, uh, on Saturday, and I was sitting there in the lobby just locked in on the game, and the guy thought I left. He called me on my phone. He was like, hey, man, your car's done. I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm in the lobby watching this game. <laughs> I couldn't leave, man. That's how locked in I was. So we'll talk to Michael Cooper coming up at 3.30. But right now on the phone lines, uh, very pleased to have our own, Vegas' own, Vegas Strong 12U assistant football coach, Coach Will. And, Coach, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And we briefly talked earlier this morning about what you guys had going on as a, as a team, as a program that went to Florida and brought home a championship. So just explain – what uh, about the trip to Florida, uh, uh, about the championship that you brought back to Las Vegas, and how it's the first one of its kind? Hey, appreciate it, man. Thank you guys again uh, for this opportunity, man, and, and uh, we're just blessed. You know, we, we've been through a whole lot of adversity this whole season. Um, you know, we had our ups, we had our downs, but at the end of the day, we went to Florida to the American Youth Football National uh, Stage, and uh, we were able to bring back home uh, an AYF championship, you know, to the city of Las Vegas. So I'm very proud of uh, um, our team, our coaching staff, our head coach, Coach Xavier, as well as our, our players, you know, and then most importantly, our parents. Absolutely. The parents are very important as they support you all throughout the course of the season and year. And, you know, we, we talk on this on this show about sports all the time, football all the time, whether it's high school, college or or the NFL. But just to know that the youth are out there and they're working as hard as they did. And you mentioned having a lot of adversity this year. How difficult is it to try to overcome adversity when you're dealing with such youngsters? Oh, man, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's 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 big. It's big, you know, trying to uh, overcome that. But, you know, with uh, the experience that we've had within our coaching staff, um, we were able to overcome it. We were able to uh, deal with everything that was thrown at us, um, and we took it. And, you know, we just, had, we just, we just used it as fuel, fuel right. to, uh, to continue to light the fire that we had to um, um, take to Florida and come back as uh, national champs. And when you earned the right, when you won that game that gave you the right to go to Florida and compete for a championship, what did that mean to you, the coaching staff, and, and more importantly, the players? You know, for us, it was, it was uh, for some of the coaches, they've been to Florida before. Uh, for me, myself, this is uh, my first season here as the offensive coordinator in the mainland. Nice. Um, I came from Hawaii, you know, and uh, from a big program there, but never on this level, this right. stage. Um, so... For us to go to El Paso to win our regional championship, you know, we, we, we were happy, but we knew that business wasn't done yet. Um, we had unfinished business for a lot of the coaches and a lot of the players. They had unfinished business in Florida, and that's what we were, our main goal was, to go out there and uh, uh, finish, uh, finish up with the business and uh, bring the trophy home. 
<laughs> Absolutely, and that's exactly what you did. Again, we're talking with Coach Will here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And I, I talk to coaches all the time, uh, especially youth coaches, and I ask, what does it mean? Because it's more than just X's and O's and winning and bringing home trophies, but a lot of times you're a mentor, you're a father figure, you're someone that they can lean yeah. on in tough times. What does it mean to you to be a coach and be so tight with these uh, young men? You know, one of the uh, – uh, I just want to bring in uh, a saying that our old football team had never beat Hawaii had. It was called Raising Champions, you know, and that's what we were doing this season. Uh, we brought that, I brought that mindset here to Vegas Strong, you know, and, I, again, I thank our coaching staff for accepting it. But we were raising champions on and off the field. You know, we, we want to make sure that we, we mentor and prep these kids not only for the football field but for the game of life, you know. Um, so that they're successful on the football field and off. So you know, it, it was a—it's it, always a pleasure um, stepping on there. And uh, you know, uh, man, we're just happy. We're just happy. I'm happy for the kids. I'm happy for the parents. Um, yeah, man, we're just gonna continue to ride this. <laughs> Yeah, as you should. And, and, you know, the other thing about that is you mentioned the parents and you're happy for them. Uh, it's a big deal in the community. I mean, it really is. I, I actually had one of the parents call me today. That's how I even found out about it. I had one of the parents call me today and just say, hey, I know that you guys deal with the NFL. I know you deal with college, but this is big in our community. So what have the parents said to you as far as just how, how appreciative they are of the coaching staff and what you guys have been able to do with these young men? You know, the, uh, a lot of the parents are very thankful. You know, uh, just to be able to, um, you know, have these parents come forth and just thank us for everything that we did for a lot of these young men. Um, it's their first time ever being on a national stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and for them to be able, for us to be able to help them achieve that goal, you know, it means a lot um, to them. Uh, a lot of our backups mainly, you know, um, again, it was their first time uh, on a national stage. And I was just happy to be able to, um, present them or, you know, to help them achieve that goal. Right. No doubt about it. Again, Coach Will is our guest right now on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. So what's next, Coach? What do you, what, what's the next step? I mean, do you guys have a, a, a big banquet? Do you guys have a party? Or do you just just hold that trophy up high? You know, so the, the next, of course, we, we, we're definitely going to have a banquet for the young man. But he, uh, to be honest with you, man, a lot of these guys, when – when we won that uh, that championship, uh, everybody was already locked in, looking forward to the 13U season. Right. So, uh, <laughs> our, our motto this past season was, you know, uh, uh, new plan, new mindset, same goal. We put it. We won that championship. Now our new my uh, our new motto going into the 13U season is refit, reload, and repeat. So for any teams out there in Vegas, you know, any parents or whoever's coming to Vegas, if you wanna. Your child to be one, a part of one of the best programs here, you know. Don't don't hesitate to reach out to myself, Coach Xavier, Coach Mike Baker, Coach Jabri Abdullah, anybody, and uh, we'll be happy to uh, help coach your son um, on that national level. Absolutely. Well, Coach, we're so proud of you. Uh, again, man, we like to make sure we service the community, and you guys are doing some great work in the community on and off the field. So keep it up. Tell the team that uh, congratulations for us. We appreciate them, and we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Go Raiders. There you go. <laughs> coach Will right there, Vegas Strong, 12U, assistant football coach. Won a championship, the first one in the city of Las Vegas. That's awesome. They went all the way to Florida, and that's a big deal. 
I know some may look at it and be like, ah, whatever. It's, no, man, that's a big deal to be able to take a group of young men uh, and take them to Florida and go win a championship. And a lot of them had never been on that stage. And he had mentioned he had never been on that stage coming over from Hawaii and, and being here now and trying to help develop them. Uh, I, I love that. I really do. And uh, I talk high school football here on the show all the time because that's a big deal. And, again, it's about the community. And I think days like today when everyone's upset and there's so much – anger and whatever being thrown all over the place, I think sometimes it's good to remember that we're talking about a kid's game. Honestly, we're talking about a kid's game. And there's guys that get paid millions of dollars to play a kid's game, and sometimes that they need to remember that they're playing a kid's game. And just enjoy it. Have fun. Sometimes it's just about having fun. So many thanks to Coach Will. My man, Damon, back in the home studio. You said we had – who do we have up uh, on the phone lines waiting for us? Oklahoma Raider. Let's talk to Oklahoma Raider. How you doing, my man? What's going on? Good, brother. How are you? I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. Hey, I was just calling about, uh, you were just talking about, like, weekly strategy and uh, what you'd want to critique on, like, this upcoming week, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, I'm just talking even going back to Kansas City. Imagine if we come out, Mariota straight out the gate. Like, what What would they, you know, like, at least do something different? Yeah. I, I'm not even a homer for Mariota. I, I like Carr. I'm a quarterback myself. Uh, you know, like I, I really like his dynamic, it, like ball placement, sometimes a little off, but right. you know, whatever says the pockets collapsing, can't see the linebacker going to throw it over here. What? Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't know. Um, but I just, I think it's, we got to do something different, man. And it's, it, it's so predictable all the time. Uh, right. run it up the middle, run it up the middle, uh, holding, or jump off sides, third and 17, throw it to Renfro for six yards, nine yards. It's just, it's, it, you can't win that way. So we got to do something different. And it's maddening as a fan to just keep doing this. And we have these people on the payroll, Mariota, uh, look up how, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't have a computer in front of me right now. I'm driving, but how many times Mariota's in the game and we get positive yardage versus how many times he gets, like, he has a negative play. So I don't, I don't get it. I still don't get it. We keep doing the stuff that doesn't work, and we keep getting L's, and we're just like, what's wrong? So, uh, I, uh, yeah, I, that's really all I got to say is be less predictable and just uh, put Mariota in. Something different. Yeah, you know, good stuff. Thank you, Oklahoma Radar. I appreciate that. Drive safe out there. And, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm looking for, stuff like that. You know, like, what if you started the game and all of a sudden Mariota's under center? It would make the – it would make the uh, the team go, wait, hold on, what's going on? But at the same time, you got to let him throw the ball a couple times or else they're going to just say, oh, it's going to be a zone read. You know what I mean? So that's, I mean, just, I think he, I think Oklahoma Raiders said it perfect. Don't be so predictable. Be unpredictable. Try to be unpredictable. I, I know you can't just change everything overnight. I get that, man. you got a base. You've got a base to what you do with everything. But you can branch off a little bit and and do something a little crazy not crazy that's the wrong word do something a little different because as many people have said what do you have to lose at this point we got a text that i wanted to get to from raider debater out of oakland he says hey cutes raider debater i was not surprised the raiders got blown out however the game against the browns is the first must win game due to the fact that the Raiders will be essentially eliminated with one more loss. If the Raiders go 4-0, they'll make the playoffs at 10-7. Raider debater in Oakland. And I don't disagree with you at all. 
it's definitely a must-win game. Again, I go back to the Bengals game and thought it was a must-win game mentally, not mathematically. And I know that 4-0 is a possibility because, well, Kansas City is, what, six? They won six in a row. Washington football team, until they got beat by Dallas, they were on a five-game winning streak. It's not impossible. But I, from an objective point of view, don't see anything that this Raiders team has done this year, this entire year, to tell me that they're going to go run, run four games in a row. Cleveland, the Broncos, the Colts, and the Chargers. I don't see 4-0 there. Not saying it's impossible. I'm not trying to bury the team. Not trying to be negative. I'm just saying, realistically, I don't see it. But it is mathematically possible. Let's go out to the phone lines and talk to our guy, ABA Ivan Davis. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, how's it going? Uh, how's everybody doing today? Blessed. Outstanding. Uh, it took me a minute to uh, call in after watching that. I'd imagine if there's any bandwagon fans, they're all gone now. <laughs> right. But uh, <clears throat> I don't know. That thing on the sideline, did they really do that? Go on and meet on the logo? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, they did. And, and look, the thing about the logo thing is it was unique in Gakwe trying to get a way to fire up the team. And I sat here last week and said, who's going to be the leadoff hitter? Who's going to be the guy to set the tone? He thought that that was going to set the tone, and so he was trying to do anything in his power to get them fired up and going. So I don't really blame him. I just don't think the Chiefs were the right team to do it because they don't need any extra motivation. That's what I was thinking. You picked the wrong opponent. You was already going to struggle even if you bowed down and said, hey, good job, Chiefs, or something. Right. I, right. Mean, that, I mean, it was going to be hard. But right. my, the, I, I had a problem with that, and – they just and they look like a high school team not covering the ball, not protecting the ball, and that cover three that that thing with uh, Tyreek Hill when he came all the way across and made that play. What was it third and seventeen or something like it was a long play? Third yeah, and seventeen. Yep, yep. That horrible. When they showed the blimp view, I'm a football coach. Now I see why people are completing the passes. They don't carry they man to the next level. Okay. They, Cover three is real simple. You, I mean, you you protect whatever your zone is. They were just they let Tariq Hill go past him, and they just stood there. Nobody picked him up. Nobody turned around to see. Okay, is a deep safety coming to help? He's not. Well, that means I got to run with him, right? And carry him to the next zone, and stay on him. So I mean, I can only imagine when Mahomes saw this. Oh my goodness! He just right. he lobbed it up there. Right. It wasn't even a good throw. And I'm like, that's what's going on. Cover three is the simplest defense in America to play. They can't play that? Then right. they, they need to make wholesale changes, plain and simple. Okay. Thank, thank you for the call. And I'll say this. There's a reason why there's a certain recipe that the most of the league has been using defensively against the Chiefs that's helped slow them down. Not, it's not going to ever stop them and complete, you know, shut them down. But the Raiders refuse to do it. The Raiders decide that they're going to stick with the cover three, and Patrick Mahomes' eyes get, get big when he sees that. So, I mean, that's just – Every team has their own philosophy, and the Raiders decide that they want to stick with, uh, you know, their defensive scheme that they've done for the th throughout the course of the year and that has worked for them. So they want to stick with that, and uh, that might not necessarily be the best idea because, again, that that Tyreek Hill play just about summed it up. I mean, there was a lot of plays that summed up the day, but that was one that really helped sum up the day. Got time for a couple more calls. Let's go to our guy L Dog and Henderson. What's on your mind, L Dog? Hey, how you doing, Q? Nice Blessed. to talk to you today. Uh, I just wanted to say that uh, I agree with what Oklahoma Raiders said a little while ago about they're just 
so predictable. There's no changes. It seems like it's the same playbook since 2002. There's no creativity. And I think people need to also remember that Greg Olson was fired as our offensive coordinator a few years ago. So who's to, who thinks that he's going to be any different? You know, it's like firing somebody from a job and then hiring him back three years <laughs> after you fired him for poor performance. He hasn't changed much. So it's just so frustrating to sit there. It's like do something different. It's third and nine. And I think you probably brought it up uh, – maybe last week or something when somebody asked Versace a question about, you know, or, or Olsen, and he tried to skirt around the question. Those are checkdowns. That's not a checkdown. That's a poor play call because if you're not trying to on third and seven and you're throwing it four yards, that's not a good play call at all. There's no point in even doing that because we see that year in and year out. And, you know, I'm done with the press conferences because they're just excuses. We need to go look at tape is what we hear. We need to go do a better job. It, the whole nation, the whole world, the whole Raider nation can see we need to do a better job. So it, it obviously is so frustrating. And yesterday's game was just a microcosm of the last 10 years of watching this debacle continue. And it's, it's you know, it's frustrating. Right. I got you. I got you. Thank you, L-Dog, for the call. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, it is. It's very frustrating. You know, it's, a fr it's frustrating from my point of view. It's frustrating from every fan's point of view. Uh, anyone who's tuned in, invested, locked in, going to the games, not going to the game, whatever. I mean, it's, it is frustrating. Everyone wants to see a team win. Bottom line. And it's been too long for the Silver and Black. They know that. Uh, the fan base knows that. I know that. We all know that, that, that it's just been too long. And they've got to figure out how to get something turned around and uh, I'm just talking about the, the last quarter of the season, you know, exactly what do you think some, some creative things could be? You know, what, what kind of moves can they make creatively where it can actually help with the team and, and, and give you something to almost, uh, you know, get excited about. Like, hey, that, that's a positive right there. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for some positives, and I'm not trying to, you know, be, like, deflective or anything. It's just – I think people get beat up when they hear the negative all day long, all day long. So I'm looking for something. Maybe maybe they could do something that can create something positive, right? Something that, that we could all have to talk about. All day Raider A hit us up on the Sam and Ash text line. I'm not the biggest car lover, but 12-4 and four is no fluke. And if anyone is wondering whether he was an MVP consideration or not, just look at the 12-4 and four team after he got hurt. Pretty much answers that question. I remember that playoff game in Houston, man. That was brutal. Connor Cook. That was rough. Matter of fact, Derek Carr plays in that game. There's no doubt they win that game. Now, they might lose next week in New England, but they were definitely winning that game because Houston was not playing very well. Houston almost allowed Connor Cook to win that game. <laughs> that, was, uh, that, was, that was a rough deal. Uh, Tom chimed in talking about Malcolm Coons. He should get more play. doesn't make any sense why he didn't play earlier. They did get early bounces, 10 for 10, fumble recovery in September, October. Well, yeah, kind of if you're trying to be a good team or just a one-year wonder, kind of does matter how you win. And you're right. You're right about that. It, it does matter, but my point of it is you'll take, you'll take a win, even if it's ugly, and say, okay, that wasn't very good. And that's what they said early in the season, right, when they started out 3-0. and They said, we're not playing good ball. We're just winning, so we have to find a way to build on it. So I think you would take a, a, a win and try, to, and try to correct your mistakes, then have a loss and try to correct your mistakes. I'd much rather see a win and know that you have you know, mistakes you have to correct. That was basically my point. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're trying to be consistent. Yeah, you do. You have to be a, a good team fundamentally, offensively, defensively, special teams, coaching-wise, got to make good decisions, all that. You, you're absolutely right about that. Uh, let's go out to the phone lines real quick, and let's talk to uh, 211 Steel Reserve. What's on your mind, my man? 
What's up, what's up, brother? Hey, God bless. Um, <clears throat> hey, look, man, a couple of things the caller said about Tyreek Hill coming across and Mahomes finding him. Uh, 100% with what he said, man. Uh, on top of that, Chiefs knew that our offense wasn't doing anything. So it was basically, if he throws it up anyways, it's like a punt. So that's the way they were, you know, playing the game as well. Uh, Josh Jacobs fumble. I'm not blaming Jacobs at all. But what I am saying is they smelled the blood in the water. Yeah. Once they got that defense, got that touchdown, they pinned their ears back. They were pinned their ears back regardless because they got motivated from what we did. I love what they did, but it's kind of like when people say read the room, that was definitely the wrong time to do that. <laughs> um, you know, um, look, man, Carr, if people want to come down Carr's road, you know, that's been ongoing. But people, Carr was making some of those throws yesterday, man. It's just under that pressure, and his receivers let him down. Stuff happens. You know, I didn't think we were going to win. Don't get me wrong. I'm always looking forward to winning, but – I don't know, man. Mathematically, they're still in it. Do I think they can, you know, come through this weekend? We'll see. But they definitely got to change something. If you're going to put Mariota, I'm with you, bro. Don't just put him in there for, like, a little sneaky package. Everybody knows what you're going to do. Use him to pass the ball. But I definitely don't think he's the answer. Um, check this out, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to Raider Nation real quick, Q, if you don't mind. Go ahead. I'm going to tell you guys something. Al Davis designed the shield, okay? Al Davis made it to where the, all the apparel, you couldn't manipulate the shield. If you ever look at certain hats, the Cowboys and the Raiders have it too, where you not manipulate the logo because it's so sacred to those owners. Now, seeing the bag over the shield, now that's not what the Raider Nation is about. That's not what we're about. We never hide. We are in it, but like we always say, win, lose, or tie, Raider till I die. And that's the way it's always been. We, I don't want to see this back stuff. And then you got homeboy in front of the um, practice facility with that bag on. No, come on, man. Look, I respect what you're doing. I definitely like that protest. But don't put a bag. We don't ever hide, man. We're a proud organization. We've been through it for 20 years. Why are we going to start hiding now? That's not what we're about. Raider Nation, stay strong. There you go. There you go. I like it. I like it. 211, still reserved right there with the passion. And, uh, yeah, what he's talking about is there was somebody outside of the Raiders facility this morning uh, with a sign that said uh, the Raiders fans deserve better. Uh, Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, he, he tweeted out the picture. It was fantastic. Uh, at least it was a good picture, what I'm saying. And uh, somebody had a, a bag over their head. That's what Steel Reserve is talking about right there. Don't put a bag over your head. And I guess, I guess he got frustrated enough to go out there and do it. I'll say this. I thought he was bold because it was cold this morning. That was early in the morning, man. I wouldn't have been out there in that cold. I'm trying to tell you, man. I'm so angry right now about this cold. It is so cold in the morning. I don't even. I mean, I literally don't want to get out of bed because it's so cold. And then today, I didn't even want to go to the car because my garage door broke, right? So my car is not in the garage, so it's sitting outside. And it's so it's cold. Matter of fact, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need my landlord to go and get my garage fixed. You know what I mean? And man, it was so cold when I got my car. My car was angry at me. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you treating me like this? Even my neighbor was like, man, it's, it's reverse, Q. It's cold out. You don't want your car outside. I was like, duh, I know. I know that. It's not my fault the garage broke. Personal problems, I know. But, yeah, man, it was so cold. I sure wouldn't have been out there with no bag over my head. I wouldn't have been out there at all. I was there. I would have been out there with, in spirit when I'd been like, homeboy, I got your back from home. <laughs> I got your back, but way back, brother. It's too cold for all that. Let's get out to the phone lines real quick and talk to our guy, Raider Sloth. What's on your mind, Raider? All right, Raider Sloth dropped. No problem. Appreciate you. We got Michael Cooper coming up, uh, Navy wide receiver. He's going to join the show next. Let me go ahead and hit a, uh, hit a couple texts real quick for the Salmon Ash text line, 69187. The culture of this team has to change. Too many excuses. We need a leader. 
This has been going on too long. Same story, different year. Us fans are tired. Love the show. Again, Mike from the OC. And uh, that's something that we've been hearing a lot, right? Even back in 20, uh, 2017, at the end of the 2017 season, when, when Gruden got hired, it was like, hey, the culture's got to change. The culture's got to change. And you're not wrong. It's got to change for the better. And I feel like that they thought that they had those guys. That's what Mike Mayock said. Hey, we're looking for foundational players, which I understood what that meant. You got to have something to build on. You got to have those guys, those foundational pieces you can build on and build, build a, 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 a team that lasts and plays and competitive. Like Tom said, it's got to be competitive year after year. It can't be, uh, you know, just one year on and then all of a sudden four or five years off. You got to have consistency. And I think that's what they thought they were getting when they grabbed some of the players that they did. It just didn't work out. It just didn't shake out at all. So that's uh, unfortunate. Raider Reggie, he hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line. How about reaching in that something different grab bag and randomly pick one of a million things and try it or put ideas on a damn dartboard? Raider Reggie, he said he just wants anything, anything different. And, again, I think it would be okay to, to do something a little different. You know, get out, get out of your, uh, your comfort zone and just, just go. Just do it. Got a tweet, and then we'll take a break from LV Raider Marcus. I know you're searching for a positive, but what jumps out to me is the fact more than one player discussed practice efforts. How do we get positive when it sounds like some of the guys have checked out? Hey, Raider Marcus, great tweet, first of all. Great tweet, and, yeah, that's a, that's a question. And so that's, that's one of those things that I think that the coaching staff, they realize and they analyze and they break down who's the ones that, like you said, may have checked out, and then you check them out. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I've said this a thousand times. If you're not getting max effort, remember last year uh, one of the narratives that John Gruden had mentioned is there's guys that are spending more time in the, in the training room than they are on the practice field? That's what happens. You, you heard the laundry list of injuries that Rich Passaccia rolled out today at the media session. That list gets a little bit longer, and that calf injury or that knee injury or that bump and bruise may take a little bit longer to overcome and, and recover from when it gets later in the season, especially when you start losing games. That desire to be out there might not be the same. Just saying, I mean, that might not be the same. And I'm not saying any of those guys on that list are what I'm talking about. But when you hear players start to talk about, especially a rookie like Divine Diablo, you hear him say that it sounds like, or he felt like some guys just, you know, he didn't say lay down, but just basically lay down. You've heard Derek Carr say, most of our guys work really hard. That's not the narrative that was at the beginning of the season. Remember, at the beginning of the season, it's like everybody's excited and eager to come to work. Everyone's excited and eager to get back at it. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. Everyone's here early on Monday. You know, I mean, that, that was the narrative. That was the excitement. When you start losing games, man, it's like, it's like taking a body blow in a boxing match. Eventually, those body blows weigh on you. You don't think it is because you're not bleeding. You don't see a, a, a bruise on you. But then body blows, man, it'll, it'll, start to, it'll start to make you hunch over and make you start dropping your hands and dropping your hands. And when you drop your hands enough, boom, that's when you get hit upside the face. 327 is the time. When we come back, we'll be talking to Navy wide receiver Michael Cooper. Navy got a big win over Army in the Army-Navy game on Saturday. We'll talk to him all about that. We'll talk to him about serving the country and more. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 331 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. In just a matter of minutes, we'll be talking to Navy wide receiver Michael Cooper about the big victory that, uh, that Navy had over Army on Saturday. A fantastic game. I watch it each and every year without a dog in the fight, but... 
uh, was very excited about that. Actually was uh, alerted that Michael was on the team. And so uh, I was leaning towards Navy. And I can say that now, huh? It's easy to say now that Navy got the victory. I was leaning Navy anyway. No, I'm just glad to see it. And it means such a, it's such a big game, and it means so much. Uh, you know, and the fact that every single person out there on that field serves our country. And at the end of the day, yeah, you have winners and you have a loser, but you also have unity. And I think that that's something that's so stinking important. And Saturday's game was the 20-year anniversary of playing the game after 9-11. So that obviously meant a little bit more as well. And, you know, there wasn't – I'm not going to – I don't ever want to get twisted where it's like there's positives that came from 9-11. But I will tell you one thing. After that happened, every single one of us, no matter what we looked like, what we believed in, what we talked to, we all had each other's back. We all were unified. And, damn it, I would love for us to be that one more time. Just one more time. Again, nothing positive from that except for the fact that we were all unified as one and we didn't give a damn what you looked like, who you represented, what was your political belief, none of that. We were as tight as a, as a country as ever. And I would love to see us be back at that point at some point. But anyway, seeing that game was uh, just a lot of fun and, and it's fantastic. So, DeMond, when you get Michael, okay, Michael is ready. Right now on the phone line, as promised, Navy wide receiver Michael Cooper on the phone line. And, Michael, thank you so much for your time. I know you're going through finals right now, so you got a lot going on. But uh, congratulations on the big victory on Saturday. And what did it mean for you and your, your fellow servicemen to come away with that victory over Army? Well, first, thank, thank you for having me. I'll first shout out to my dad, John Otto. But the, the victory on Saturday was huge, you know, you you're having a season and it's not going the way you want it to go and you're you know, just trying to lead the guys through the hard times and, and how everybody's still pulling the same direction to the end of the season. You're able to play your rival, play a good team. Uh, and a, a team that you lost to last year, uh, pent up feelings and, and still a course and, and come out on top in a long, grueling game. It's, it's not much better than that. No, it really doesn't, and uh, you guys were fantastic. It was such an entertaining game, and I watch it each and every year. Just knowing that game, like I said, how special it is, Army, Navy, each and every year, no matter if you have a dog in the hunt or not, you've got to tune in and watch that. What does it mean, and what has it mean for you, meant for you to participate in that game each and every year? Uh, I just was so honored, you know what I'm saying, like best to be able to be a part of something so huge at a school where, uh, the state is that big. I think a lot of people when you think about the service academies, you don't think uh, initially good, good football, but it's, it's good football. You know, you look at the strength of schedule. We had a third in the nation. Uh, we play Notre Dame. We play teams who's going to be in the playoffs. Like we play good football, and we and, and we win. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it's it's bigger than that. It's you know for the love of your brother, and it's for you know ultimately the country. And when the service we're going to do when we graduate. And with that game being two service academies, you know, we live in the same kind of not college life. No one really knows what we're going through but, but us. And then, you know, when we do graduate, we'll be, you know, brothers in arms. It's, it's like crazy if they, like, flip the switch on and off. But because you can flip that switch, I think this is a test to our character of the two academies. Absolutely, and we appreciate everything that uh, the Navy and the Army do for our country. I mean, everyone participated in that in that game. We definitely we appreciate because we know it's bigger than just a football game. And I know that you wear a special patch before every Army Navy game. Tell tell us about the patch that you wear. Yeah, so uh, I'm probably the only guy in Navy wearing an Army patch on his Army Navy uniform, but it's it's for my dad, uh, 104th uh, Airborne Division. You know, he was he was serving in the Army. Um, you know, he, he was injured, he was purple-hearted, and, you know, I, you know, he never complained, you know, I, I didn't hear about it, it wasn't something that 
you know, was forced upon me, the military wasn't forced upon me, but I could just see, you know, what kind of man he, man he was and how how mature he was and how technical he was and how, you know, handy he was with what he learned and the military and what that taught him. And I'll say, I'd be lying if I said that didn't affect my decision to come to the Naval Academy. That's awesome. That really is. We're talking right now with Michael Cooper, Navy wide receiver, number three. You can check him out. Uh, and, and, Michael, going on talking about your dad, and, and he, he listens to the show a lot. We call him Peg Leg Raider. Obviously, like <laughs> you mentioned, uh, you know, he, he lost a limb uh, serving our country, and, and uh, he's a special dude. I met him and your mom, and uh, really great, just great people. I really salute them and consider them my friends. Uh, but what have you learned? Because I, I read the article that you talked about about your dad and the fact that, uh, you know, you were the captains of captain. And I know that's special. You could explain to us exactly how special the captain of captains is but what did you learn from him in general about being so selfless even after losing a limb uh fighting for the country you know you know before we kind of met uh john you know, we weren't really the most well-off uh family mom might kill me for saying this but i, I never knew but we, we were really living a very luxurious life and and you know you you have somebody come into your life who's already serving the country and they kind of, you know, open and base you with, with open arms. And so you can't tell the difference between me and Mayan and his daughter, Deja. You know, that just goes to show like, how loving he is and, and how much he's, he's gone out of his way for us and my mom uh, and my family as well as, well as his daughter. Uh, you know, when you, when you stand back and you look at it, you can't, you know, you can't do anything but just be appreciative and, and, and admire some of that kind of character. So you, you just take away, like, you know, if he can, if he can do all that. If he can set the country, he can get hurt and, and not complain about it, and still continue to be the great guy he is, and also take care of uh, his daughter just the same. Uh, who's to say I can't take care of people unbeknownst to myself? I fight that kind of beat, so that kind of selfless mindset I've taken upon myself coming here to the Naval Academy. That's special. It really is special. Again, we're talking to Michael Cooper right now on Unnecessary Roughness Raider Nation Radio 920. And I got to ask you, what about your opportunity? to be in the NFLPA All-Star Game at the Rose Bowl. I mean, that's a heck of a showcase right there. How excited are you for that? No, that's awesome. Uh, very honored to get an opportunity and get an invite out to that. Uh, super exciting. But, you know, obviously, honor comes first. I uh, got right. the invite. I accepted it. And, you know, I put that aside and just put all my focus on being the Army in it, and then it paid off. Yeah, no, it did. It did. And, again, we're very excited, and we do – we do appreciate uh, all the, you know, all the service that you do for our country and all the, you know, uh, sacrifice that you've given to our country. My man, Damon Cotton, he's back in the home studio. He had a question he wanted to ask you. Go ahead, Damon. Yeah, Michael, I got to ask because I was, when they unveiled the uniforms, I was like, man, those some dope uniforms. So I got to get your opinion. <laughs> when you guys got to see the uniforms, what was the reaction like amongst you and your teammates? Oh, the boys are going crazy. Uh, they have like a tradition where the, you know, a guy, Greg, G. Shows the captain's uniforms a good amount of time before everybody else, and then we really like them. You know, we have uh, Chance Warren, who's going to be a pilot in the Navy, so it's kind of like an testament to, to him and what he's going to go do. But the boys are crazy. They showed it to us, uh, I think, I believe after practice, and this is probably the best uh, video put together that I've seen so far from Navy. But if I will be honest, when based I on look alone, uh-huh. this uniform and cell phone uniforms are not my favorites though but it's funny because those are the two uniforms you get on me right 
<laughs> I love it. Crazy. Hey, no, nothing wrong with that. We're talking again with Michael Cooper, Navy wide receiver here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And I mentioned it a little earlier, uh, the captain of captains, that's a big deal. You know, everyone doesn't understand exactly what that means. I, I read the article that was in the Washington Post. I thought it was pretty special. But for anyone who doesn't quite understand what it means to be the captain of captains, what does that mean? So, you know, in, you know, you go to a school, you play a sport, like, you know, you just put your head down and you grind and you hope that it's recognized and you'll be able to put out and, and contribute to your team and you get to a point where your teammates, you know, vote you captain your team and that's a huge honor, you know. You, it's hard to ask for much greater than that to be recognized like that from your teammates. But at our school, you know, being a leadership school, you know, all the team captains and all the, you know, three sharp and above leadership, you know, these awesome midshipmen go to this trip in Gettysburg, and they kind of take us out there for a day and a half, and we kind of camp out there and learn about the Battle of Gettysburg and different leadership opportunities that were happening, you know, back then during the Civil War. And at the end of it all, all the team captains kind of get together and have their own little uh, talk and leadership talk, and then we vote for someone who we felt, you know, would represent us and you know, be the captain of all the 33 teams, all the 33 varsity teams at the Naval Academy, squash, volleyball, basketball, long distance, track, all, all that good stuff. And, you know, we, we, we put up nominations. I was among five others nominated. And then when we got back to the school, they, they announced that I was the captain of captains. It was a huge honor for me, you know, just to, you know, be looked at and seeing that kind of light amongst my peers. You know, a lot of, a lot of leadership opportunities here, you know, you interview for it, and you go to a board, and you, know, you have a, people who are deciding on who are the best candidates. This is a leadership opportunity, and I do it where the people who decided to accept to the board are people who voted for you, you know, so it just has a different ring to it, and I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome, man. That really is. That's such a great, uh, you know, opportunity and a great honor for you to have that uh, captain of captains. And, and it's, it's special, man. And it's special for me to just have you on the radio here talking today, just talking about the honor and everything that you've been uh, going through and, and you go through on the daily. So uh, on the field, I, I saw many videos, plus I saw it kind of live when it happened, uh, watching on TV. Uh, you go up to a lot of your teammates and embrace them, and it wasn't just a, hey, good game embrace. It was one of those, like, you could tell it was just joy and love. What, it, what did it mean to hug your teammates and, and, and hold your teammates and be there arm in arm with them after that game on Saturday? It's, it means the world. You, know, you, you, you grind for so long. You have these hard workouts, these grueling workouts in the summer doing workouts in the spring, you know, and you, know, you, you put forth everything you can. And, and, and football is a hard game to win. Right. For both teams, no matter how good or, good or bad you are. And I have the season that we had, we had so many, like, four really close games that really could have done anyway against good teams, SMU, Houston, Cincinnati. And for it not to go, go away all season, you know, it hurts. But at the same time, like, you, you push forward and you, you drive forward through love. And uh, yeah, your last game, no bowl game. So this is, this is all we have. This is the last time we'll be a team all together. You know, the young guys will go and they'll push forward and they'll do great things. Uh, but for especially the seniors and the young guys, this is the last time we'll be able to push up on their paths together. So you, you know, it all comes together at the end of the season. You, you see all your work accumulate together and you get a dub against your biggest rival on the biggest stage. Only game on, you know, it's, it's, it's high emotions, super high emotions. And I'm just appreciative of all my teammates and, when I brace them, I don't just dab them up. You know, it's not a moment where you just high by. You got to embrace them, you got to enjoy the moment. Right. 
Exactly. Have you had a chance yet to kind of reflect back? I know it's a little bit soon after uh, after the game on Saturday, but have you had that opportunity to sit back and, and reflect on your four years there uh, at the Navy and what everything and all your teammates and servicemen uh, have meant to you? I, I'm always reflecting, and, and I'm always thinking about you know all the people who you know from literally early now have helped me get to where I've gone and, and shaped me as a person. I am. I am still a little. I'm still riding the high of the wind. Uh, <laughs> you have to enjoy. You have to celebrate your win. Such is life. But it'll hit me though. Right. It'll be. A, it'll be an emotional time. No doubt, no doubt. We'll ride that high of that win, man. It was really special. Again, the Army-Navy game, it doesn't get any more special than that. 122 years of, of the of the game being played. And, and one more question for you. It was the 20th anniversary of the game being played post-9-11. Did that make it a little bit more special for you as well? It always does. You know, Army-Navy game, no matter when it's played, is still everybody on the field and, and many of the people in the stands are willing to die for the people sitting in the stands during the game and the people watching at home. But you played on such an important date, and, and and I was I was way too young to remember. Right. But you know, as you grow up, you see you know the before and after effects of what it's done, and and you know the people who joined the service post nine eleven to fight against uh, counterterrorism. It, it and it's, and inspires all. You have people back home. You have people deployed, uh, looking at the game, and that brings them joy when they're away from their families. Uh, so it, it's huge. It means way more than just us. Right. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Michael Cooper, Navy wide receiver. You can check him out. He is number three, does a fantastic job uh, out there, not only on the football field, but in real life as he uh, helps serve the country and keeps us, uh, people like me, uh, you know, free to be able to do what I do on the daily, which is talk on the radio. Michael, we appreciate you so much. We, uh, we thank you for your service. We thank uh, everyone uh, in the Navy, all the servicemen, everyone who was out on that football field on Saturday. We thank you guys all for your, uh, your selfless efforts, and, and we appreciate you. And, and congratulations on everything that you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me out. Absolutely. There he goes. Michael Cooper, Navy wide receiver. You can check him out. He's number three on the team. Uh, does a fantastic job on and off the field. And, again, sometimes it's bigger than just a game. And when it comes to Army and when it comes to Navy, it is way bigger than just a game. Again, the 20-year anniversary of the game being played following 9-11, that was huge. Uh, just being the Army-Navy game is huge. And I know there's a lot of servicemen out there. I know my, my man Jess had tweeted at me on Saturday, I'm waiting for the Army-Navy game because uh, Army's going to win. And it doesn't matter who wins the game. Of course, everyone wants to win. That's what it's all about. But it's so bigger than that. So everyone who's listening, anyone who's ever served, anyone who has anyone in their family who's served and given the ultimate sacrifice, I don't care if you're Army, I don't care if you're Navy, Air Force, Marines, whatever the case may be, I appreciate you. We appreciate you, and we thank you and salute you for all that you do. Many thanks to Michael Cooper. Many thanks to my guy, Peg Leg Raider, who helped get me, a, get me that uh, fantastic interview, and that was the one I was looking forward to the most on today. 3.46 is the time. We'll come back. We'll close up the show. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Just got a couple minutes left in today's show. I want to shout out to Michael Cooper, Navy wide receiver. We had him on in the last segment. He's actually going through finals right now, which finals for the Navy is a little bit different than finals that we know about uh, for everybody. And so he took some time out of his day to... Uh, talk to us for a few minutes. I definitely appreciate him. Coming up at the top of the hour, Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle. He's live in Dallas. He's at the owners' meetings, and uh, he's got some big news. He already tweeted it out and put a story out about a Super Bowl and when it's coming to Las Vegas. I'll let him go ahead and break it down and let you know when a Super Bowl will be here in Las Vegas. But 
just a spoiler alert, not surprised it's going to be happening pretty stinking soon. So I'll let Vinny talk about it uh, coming up in just a few minutes in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Got a text on the Salmon Ash text line from Victor from West Jordan. Hey, Q, can you shout out my brother, Talon Richmond? His wife is expecting their first child. Going to be adding a member to the nation next year. Thanks, Q. Again, that's from Victor in West Jordan. Uh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, congratulations on the expectant birth of the child. I think that that is really cool. Um, we got a text, and I don't know from the 714, why is everyone all of a sudden on the Eminem train talking about Marcus Mariota? Two to three games ago, y'all behind Carr and talking smack on his fans for wanting Marcus to play. Detroit West Coward said it best this morning. I don't think everyone's on the Eminem train. I think that I think everyone, including myself, just kind of wants to see something. You know, maybe it's them use him just a little bit more. And I think I said that weeks ago. I don't think that this is anything new. I think we've been talking about that for quite a while. Uh, I'm not saying play a whole game, but, you know, just shake some things up a little bit. Just throw him out there and see see what he can do on a drive. Why not? What do you have to lose? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's all I'm saying about it. I, what do you have to lose? If they came out of the locker room yesterday and also Marcus was under center when they when they took the field for just a drive, I, that would have been okay. That would have been okay. And Kansas City would have probably said, oh, wait, what's going on here? I'm just, I'm, I'm like I said, not, not saying bench car at all. That's not – the, what a, the conversation I'm talking about. I'm just saying it would be okay to see Marcus Mario. If you're going to pay him, you might as well play him a little bit. You're paying him. That's all I'm saying. 702-365-9200. Real quick, let's go out to the phone lines and talk to our guy, NorCal Raider. What's on your mind, my man? What's up, dude? Dude. NorCal Raider, what's on your mind, my man? Hey, hey, how you doing? Good, man, good. Blessed. Um, yeah, I was kind of just I was kind of thinking the same thing. They should just shake things up, you know, um, put in uh, Mariota just in some place. But we just we just lack creativity. Um, our coaches aren't really that creative. You know, I just hate critiquing them, you know. But, you know, we just don't have a lot of creativity. And, um, you know, at least for the next couple of games, it's an evaluation on our team, you know, who's going to come back, you know. And um, we're going we're gonna to have to evaluate, see who's going to come back next year. There's a lot, of, a lot of players that have contracts due and, this is a good evaluation time for them to see how they play. So hopefully they play with cohesion and, and at least put some effort. Not, not that product. That product yesterday was not enjoyable at all, you know. Right. I got you. I got you. Thank, thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, I know we've been saying it a lot, talking about, you know, creativity and, and – and, and do what you got to do to shake things up a little bit. That's that's something that they've got to do. And, and I don't think that they come out on Saturday and there's some big drastic changes, but I do think that there's some wrinkles that they could throw in here or there just just because, when you, you know, like you mentioned, evaluations. You're evaluating your team. Who, who's who's a go and who's a no-go? I mean, that's I think that that's fair. I liked, I liked the, uh, you know, the fake punt that they did yesterday. I thought that was great. It was a little late in the game because it was already out of control, but at least it showed something. You know, and Rich Passaccia mentioned that today. Hey, we did that to try to get an extra possession, keep, you know, keep our possession. That's great. I wouldn't mind if they did that a few other times, especially when you're down as much as they were down. Why not? And, and that's the only reason I tweeted out yesterday when they kicked the field goal down, what, 35 nothing or 35 or 38 nothing, whatever it was. They were down a whole lot to a little, and it was 35 nothing. okay. And, and I said – why even kick a field goal at that point? I would have been okay. And I get it. In his explanation, he, he, he responded to it again today uh, in the media session that, hey, just wanted to get some points on the board, wanted to come go into the locker room, come out, hopefully get a stop, and get the ball back and get a little momentum going. I get that. I absolutely get that. There's nothing wrong with that. But I don't think there would have been anything wrong with, hey, you know what, Derek, fourth down, rip it into the end zone. Let's make it happen. That would have been okay, too. I don't think any fan would have been upset if they didn't get that those three points. I'm just saying. 
that kind of thing. Little things like that are okay as far as I'm concerned. So uh, fun show today. Raider Nation, thank you so much for all the feedback. Good, bad, ugly, it doesn't matter. We appreciate you. Vinny Bonsignor is coming up next. He's live in Dallas. He's got in the huddle 4 to 6 p.m. Got some big news on the Super Bowl. Uh, he's there at the owners meeting, so I'm sure he's going to be uh, shaking hands and, uh, you know, rubbing elbows with some very important people while he's there in the DFW. So you hear all about that coming up next on in the huddle. We're here at the Oyo. We'll be here till about 5, 5.30-ish, whatever, about halftime, whatever the case may be. Come on by, check out Arizona and the Rams Monday Night Football action. Get hooked up with some great food and drink specials, and I'll be checking in throughout the course of Vinny's show. 356 is the time. We'll talk to you tomorrow from the studio. No, from Raiders headquarters. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.